Warning, this podcast may contain strong explicit language as this is my personal opinions on football. Listener discretion advised. You are now listening to The Stumpy Show. Yo, what's good everybody and welcome to another edition of The Stumpy Show. As always, I am your host Kyle Stump, aka Stumpy. And we're pretty much in the end game of this season of the NFL season. Normally, week 17 would be the last week of football, but thanks to the league allowing teams to play 17 games this season, we have an extra week. So let's get right into it. And we start off in New England as the Jacksonville Jaguars took on the New England Patriots. Yes, my New England Patriots. As the Pats were showing no mercy to a dead and ready to rot and potential first overall pick team in the Jaguars. In which five years prior, these two were playing in the AFC Championship game. And who would have guessed that Jacksonville would be laughable again? As Trevor Lawrence was ragdolled all day by the Pats defense for going 17 of 27 for 193 passing yards, one touchdown, and a whopping three interceptions. And besides that, the only thing we're talking about on this offense is Laquan Treadwell. Pretty much a bust in the 2016 NFL Draft, who's actually been alright during his short stint with the Jaguars. And he had six receptions for 87 yards receiving. As Jacksonville throughout the game was just that kid being bullied at school and is just continuing to take it. And on the other side of the ball, the Patriots, Mac Jones did really good, but probably could have done better if Belichick were to tell him to show no mercy. As Jones went 22 for 30 for 227 yards and three touchdowns. And I'm just saying he could have got more yards passing. But it is what it is, a win's a win. And in the rushing game, Ramondre Stevenson had himself a game as he had 19 carries for 107 yards rushing and two touchdowns. And also Damian Harris had two touchdowns, which makes Harris tied for most touchdowns by a running back in franchise history. Scratch that, not tied for most, but tied for second for most rushing touchdowns in a season with Curtis Martin as he did it two years in a row in 1995 and 1996. And in the, in the receiving game, even though his key catches came a little late in the game, Kendrick Bourne had five receptions for 76 yards. And also, Jacoby Myers had eight receptions for 73 yards and one touchdown. And I mean, it took him two years to, get, to catch his first touchdown pass, but that was from Brian Hoyer. And then finally, he catches a touchdown connected from Mac Jones, who is a real quarterback and also in his fourth game as a new england patriot even though he was hasn't been doing much who played a key role in this win for the patriots christian wilkerson had four receptions for 42 yards and his first two touchdowns of, of his career and besides the offense doing work the defense did a little bit of work too as they got to lawrence twice with dante hightower having a sack and rookie Christian Barmore having a sack, along with three team interceptions on the day. One interception by Kyle Duggar, one interception by Miles Bryant, and one interception by the man, if if it wasn't for Trayvon Diggs, he'd be leading the league in interceptions right now, and I'm talking about J.C. Jackson. And that was interception number five on Jackson, uh, 25 
of Jackson's career as that places him tied with Lester Hayes and Everson Walls for mo- most ever interceptions by a player in his four first four seasons as a pro and with one more against Miami hopefully that will pretty much make make him the leader for most interceptions by a cornerback in the first four seasons of his career as that was a victory for the Patriots as they won this score won this game with a final score of 50 to 10 and all the Patriots need was for Miami to lose against Tennessee and we will get right into that. And now we go on to that game with the Miami Dolphins taking on the Tennessee Titans. And the Dolphins were coming into this game with a seven-game winning streak as they were the first team ever to go from a seven-game losing streak to start off the season to a seven-game winning streak. And with this game, it did not go Miami's way as Tua Tungvaloa went 18 for 38 for 205 yards and one interception. And the receiving core did not do much. Only thing notable to point out is Mike Gusecki having four receptions for 51 yards. And on defense, they weren't any better, although the only thing notable to point out is one sack on the day by Jerome Baker. And for the Titans, they could have done better on offense, but especially Ryan Tannehill, but he didn't need to do much, even though he went 13 for 18, for 120 yards and two touchdowns. If only he had more yardage, probably wouldn't need needed that for a big victory. But he didn't need to put on a good game for that. As in the rushing game, Deontay Foreman had 26 carries for thir- 132 yards and one touchdown. So right now we can start calling him. I can't believe it's not Derrick Henry. And on defense, they had their work cut out with one sack on the day by Dinico Atri. One sack on the day by Harold Landry, and one sack on the day by Kyle Pico. And not to mention, one interception by David Long. And Miami needed a win to keep their playoff hopes alive, and unfortunately, that did not happen. As in this case, with the victory of Tennessee winning this game 34-3, to that means the Miami Dolphins eliminated. And because of that, the Patriots clinched their playoff ticket and all the pats had to do was win their game against the jaguars and hoped that miami lost to tennessee or hoped that the raiders lost their game against the colts and we will get into that shortly and we go on to lucas oil stadium as the las vegas raiders took on the indianapolis colts and for this game this was a must win for the raiders to keep their playoff hopes alive and this was a must win for the Colts to clinch their spot in the wild card. And for the Raiders, Derek Carr went 24 for 31 for 255 yards passing, one touchdown, and a whopping two interceptions. In the rushing game, a big game for Josh Jacobs, who had 16 carries for 63 yards rushing and one touchdown. And in the receiving game, a big game for Zay Jones, who had eight receptions for 120 yards receiving. And also, Hunter Renfro had seven receptions for 76 yards and one touchdown. And with that game, Renfro has exceeded 1,000 yards this season. And on defense, the lone thing notable was to mention Yannick Ngakwe having one sack on the day. And for the Colts, Carson Wentz went 16 for 27 
for 148 yards passing and one touchdown. And this was being on the COVID list earlier this week, but due to the CDC's new guidelines on isolation, Wentz was allowed to play regardless of his vaccination status with him being unvaccinated. And in the rushing game, Jonathan Taylor does his usual thing, having 20 carries for over 100 yards, 108 to be exact, and one touchdown. Honestly, that's just expected out of Taylor. And the Colts had two team interceptions on defense, one interception by Darius Leonard, and one interception by Isaiah Rogers. And this game was neck-to-neck, with the game ending in a Daniel Carlson field goal to keep the Raiders' hopes alive as they won this game with a final score of 23-20. to As for the Colts, they win next week, they're in, and the Raiders will play in a winner-goes-home game with the Los Angeles Chargers. And now we go to another team in the AFC that wants to keep their playoff hopes alive, and this game was between the Atlanta Falcons and the Buffalo Bills. And the Falcons were still alive, but still wanted to be dead at the same time. As for the Bills, they were leading the AFC East, and with one win, they could clinch their playoff spot. In this game for the Falcons, Matt Ryan went 13 for 23 for 197 yards. And in the receiving game, a man who on this team needs no introduction and hasn't needed any introduction for a while now, Kyle Pitts had two receptions for 69 yards. And Mike Dicka, you better have that record hold... Mike Dicka, you better hold that record tight. Because next game, Pitts might be breaking that. And as I'm doing the math, Pitts needs 59 more yards to break that record of yours. And there might be a possibility he might do that next week against the New Orleans Saints. And on defense, this team had three team interceptions. One interception by former New England Patriot Deron Harmon. One interception by A.J. Terrell, along with one sack that he had in this game. And one interception by Foy Olakun, if that's how you pronounce it. If I mispronounce it, my bad. And for the Bills, let's just say we're glad that the running game was the reason why they won. Because Josh Allen wasn't getting it done in the passing game. As Allen went 11 for 26... For a whopping 120 yards, zero touchdowns, and three interceptions. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! But what he couldn't do in the passing game, he pretty much made up for it in the rushing game. Having 15 carries for 81 yards, rushing, and two touchdowns. Not bad in the rushing game, but you're a quarterback, dude. You're expected to pass good. You might as well be a running back, if that's the case, Allen. And also in the rushing game, Devin Singletary had himself a game with 23 carries for 110 yards and two touchdowns. And on the defense, this team had five team sacks, with five players each having one sack. And those players were Teron Johnson, Gregory Russo, Ed Oliver, Harrison Phillips, and Mario Addison. And this leads to a Bills victory, with the Bills winning this game with a final score of 29-15. to 15. And that means the Bills clinch their playoff ticket. And as for the Falcons, the Atlanta Falcons eliminated.
And now we go to a game which pretty much was the game of the week as the Kansas City Chiefs took on the Cincinnati Bengals. And the Chiefs have their playoff spot locked up and the Bengals didn't have theirs locked up yet. But that was at stake in their first playoff berth. Yeah, their first playoff berth and their first AFC North title since 2015. And we know how that happened. That ended. And in this game for the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes went 26 for 35 for 259 passing yards and two touchdowns. And a good amount of the power was in the rushing game as Daryl Williams had 14 carries for 88 yards and two touchdowns. And on defense, two sacks on the day by Chris Jones and also one sack each by Jaron Reed and Frank Clark. And for the Bengals, Joe Burrow is turning into that quarterback that we thought we were going to see back at LSU. As Burrow went 30 for 39 for 446 passing yards. Not more than his last game, but still good enough. And along with four touchdowns. I'm telling you, if he limited those mistakes all season, he probably would have made his first Pro Bowl. And he probably would have replaced Lamar Jackson. And in the receiving game, a man who I never would have expected would be at the position he is at. But is this season, after in the preseason he was dropping everything, and now he is the leader in all rookie wide receivers. Well, scratch that. As I was trying to say, now has the record for most receiving yards as a rookie. Just beating his former teammate as Jamar Chase had 11 receptions for 266 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, that's right. His best game of his career so far, and he's just getting started. And also, T. Higgins had three receptions for 62 yards. And this game was neck and neck, and it almost seemed like that Kansas City was going to win it completely until the Bengals had other plans. With being down 28-17 to at halftime, they scored 14 unanswered points to tie the game 31-31. to And the last couple minutes were crazy as the Bengals went for it on fourth and goal with a screen pass to Joe Mixon, which he did not make it in, but had but both teams had offsetting penalties. And then the next play, Burrow threw an incomplete pass, but turns out a Kansas City Chiefs cornerback was called for holding. And that brought up a new set of downs, which they tried to run it in, but came short and then with two seconds left, spiked the ball, setting up Evan McPherson for a chip shot field goal with the Bengals winning this game and winning their first AFC North crown since 2015 and upsetting the Chiefs and having the Titans, who clinched their playoff spot in their game against Miami, go back to the top team in the AFC with the Bengals winning this game with a final score of 34-31. to And next game we got is the Los Angeles Rams versus the Baltimore Ravens. And the Ravens are still in playoff hunt, as going into this game, they were on a four-game losing streak, and losing Lamar Jackson when it matters most. And in this game for the Rams, Matthew Stafford went 26-35 for, for 309 yards, 
and along with two touchdowns and two interceptions. And in the rushing game, Sony Michelle had 19 carries for 74 yards and one touchdown. And in the receiving game, another player who needs no introduction, Cooper Cup had six receptions for 95 yards and one touchdown. And we all knew Cup was going to be good with Stafford, but who would have guessed he'd be this good? with Matthew Stafford with a total of 1,829 receiving yards along with 15 touchdowns and is pretty much 135 yards shy of breaking Calvin Johnson's single season record for most receiving yards and is pretty much 11 receptions behind Michael Thomas for most receptions in a single season with Cup having 138. And also, Tyler Higby had six receptions for 69 yards. And also, Van Jefferson had four receptions for 66, 63 yards. And on defense, a big game for Von Miller, as the former Bronco had two sacks on the day. And also, one sack each by Ashawn Robinson and Troy Reader. And a half a sack each by Leonard Floyd and Aaron Donald. And also one interception on the day by Jordan Fuller. And for the Ravens, another day, another game without Lamar Jackson. And in comes, I can't believe it, by another start for Tyler. I can't believe it's not Lamar Jackson, Huntley. In this game, Huntley had 20, went 20 for 32 for 197 yards passing, zero touchdowns, and one lone interception, along with six carries for 54 yards on the ground. And also in the rushing game, Devontae Freeman had 14 carries for 76 yards. And in the receiving game, who else is going to have a big game besides Mark Andrews, who had six receptions for 89 yards. And also rookie Rashad Bateman, had seven receptions for 58 yards. And on defense, two interceptions on the J by Chuck Clark. And it's been a while since we've seen somebody with two interceptions. And one sack on the day by Tyus Bowser. And it seemed like the Ravens had this game easy until the Rams scored 13 unanswered points in the fourth quarter with a go-ahead touchdown from Matthew Stafford to Odell Beckham Jr., which set up the Rams to win this game with a final score of 20-19. And it looks like the Ravens might be out of playoff contention, but according to the odds makers, the Ravens are not out. And all the Ravens would have to do was have is beat Pittsburgh next week and then have everybody else lose, which is pretty much not happening. And now we go to a throwaway game slash tank bowl between the New York Giants and the Chicago Bears. And regardless, the Giants still win. And even if they lose, the Giants still win. With the Giants having the Bears' first round pick this year from the Justin Fields trade. Well, the trade that led the Chicago Bears to snag Fields. And for the Giants, this game was brutal as Mike Glennon was nowhere to be seen most of the game as he went 4 for 11 for a whopping, and I can't believe these stats right now, 24 yards passing, and no touchdowns, and two interceptions. Like, what do you expect? You don't got Daniel Jones, and you don't got Jake from State Farm. Very limited stuff you could do. And in the rushing game, Saquon Barkley, 
who was pretty much carrying the team on his back, had 21 carries for 102 yards. And honestly, if I was Saquon, I'd get out of there. I mean, the team's picking up his fifth-year option, but I would leave if I was Saquon. And I mean, the Giants are keeping Daniel Jones, and they're keeping Joe Judge. But honestly, I would get out of there if I was Saquon Barkley right now. Unless a miracle happens, and the Giants organization fires Dave Gettleman, then I'd stay. And on defense, one sack each by Jalen Smith and Lorenzo Carter. And also one interception on the day by Tay Crowder. And also one interception by James Bradbury. And you wouldn't think that the Bears would be even worse, although it was impossible for them to be the worst, worse than the Giants, but they couldn't. As Andy Dalton had went 18 for 35 for 173 yards passing, one touchdown, and one interception. And in the rushing game, David Montgomery had 22 carries for 64 yards and two touchdowns. And in the receiving game, Darnell Moody had seven receptions for 69 yards and one touchdown. And on defense, two sacks on the day by Travis Gibson. And also one sack by Angelo Blackson. And one sack on the day by Robert Quinn. As with that sack, Quinn now holds the the Chicago Bears record for most sacks in a season with 18 sacks. And also one interception each by Dion Bush and Tayshawn Gibson. And this was a blowout victory by Chicago as they won this game with a final score of 29-3. And now we go to probably the most interesting game of the week as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers took on the New York Jets. And if the Buccaneers had everybody healthy, the game wouldn't have gone as it did. Which, I mean, the Buccaneers didn't play bad, but they were losing to the Jets earlier in the game. But I'll get to that. As Tom Brady went 34 for 50 for 410 yards, yards passing, three touchdowns, and one interception. Not bad on the day, although it's probably usual MVP numbers for Brady. And in the receiving game, Rob Gronkowski had seven receptions for 115 yards. And also, also, Cyro Grayson had six reception options for 81 yards and one touchdown. And the only thing notable to point out on defense is one sack on the day by Anthony Nelson. And on on the other side of the ball for the Jets, Zach Wilson, who's doing a little bit better than he did earlier in the year, went 19 for 33 for 234 yards passing and one touchdown. I mean, it's not bad, but one word to describe it is... Yep, you heard it correct, folks. Went from dog poo to mid, according to MJF, the wrestler on AEW, who delivered that promo. And in the receiving game, Braxton Burrios had eight receptions for 65 yards and one touchdown. And on defense, one sack on the day by Michael Carter. And yes, apparently there are two Michael Carters on this team. And also one interception on the day by Brandon Eccles. And what this game was notable for was Antonio Brown as being down 24 to 10 with two minutes left in the third quarter he was told by Bruce Arians to go into the game but did not after an ankle injury and then with being down too down that much 
he decided to take off his pads, not his, not his pants, just his shoulder pads and his shirt he was wearing underneath and left the stadium, almost making it seem like he had not heard of Brady's heroic comebacks before. And after that, the internet was blowing up. As pretty much he could have been pulling a prank that might have him replace Joe on Impractical Jokers. Even though he probably has undiagnosed CTE. Probably from that hit in the AFC wildcard game between the Steelers and the Bengals back in 2015. Where Vontez Perfect gave him a helmet-to-helmet hit in which after that and... And Adam Pac-Man Jones, complaining to the ref, set up the Steelers to win that game. And after this game, Bruce Arians, the head coach of the Buccaneers, said that Antonio Brown was no longer a Buccaneer. But Brown probably had a valid reason of why he left in all seriousness, but we will know that valid reason. As after that, Brady would put up 18 unanswered points the rest of the game, and making sure that the Jets did not humiliate Brady with, with the Buccaneers winning this game with a final score of 28-24. to And this was another game with high playoff hopes as the Philadelphia Eagles took on the Washington football team. As the Eagles are were pretty much about to clinch their playoff hopes. But the football team tried to do their best from keeping them out. As for the Eagles, Jalen Hurts went 17 for 26 uh, for 214 yards passing. And in the rushing game, Boston Scott had 14 carries for 47 yards and two touchdowns. And in the receiving game, Dallas Goddard had six receptions for 71 yards. And Devontae Smith had three receptions for 54 yards. And on defense, one and a half sacks on the day by Josh Sweat. And one sack on the day by Jannard Avery. And one interception on the day by Rodney McLeod. And for the football team, probably the last time we will say, say that team's name, the Washington football team, as it is announced that on February 2nd, the Washington f- football team will be will have their new name. As Taylor Heineke went 27 for 36 for 247 yards passing, zero touchdowns and one interception. And in the rushing game, no Antonio Gibson, so in comes Jarrett Patterson, who had 12 carries for 57 yards and one touchdown on the ground. And also in the receiving game, not a surprise of who's going to have a solid game, that being Terry McLaurin who had seven receptions for 61 yards. And the only thing notable to point out on defense is one sack on the day by 2021 first-rounder Jamin Davis. And the football team were up 16-7 into the half, but the Eagles scored 13 unanswered points in the second half, and as they could have put the game away, an interception by Rodney McLeod happened. And with that, the football team's playoff dreams were broken, just like one half, uh, one side of the opposing side's tunnel of FedEx Field. God, I I mean, they gotta move from FedEx Field. That, I mean, with those kind of problems, a leak in the stadium, and not a little leak, a giant leak, and also a terrible bathroom, and now this incident, I'm surprised nobody has sued Dan Snyder for this. Because if that were me, I'd be suing him for this. 
And with that, with that win for the Eagles, they clinched their playoff spot with a final score of 20-16. And for the football team, you know what that means. Washington football team eliminated. And now we go on to SoFi Stadium as the Denver Broncos took on the Los Angeles Chargers. And for the Broncos, Drew Locke did all right as he went 18 for 25 for 245 yards passing and one touchdown. And in the receiving game, Noah Fant had eight, six receptions for 92 yards and one touchdown. And also Cortland Sutton had three receptions for 60 yards receiving. And for the Chargers, a solid game for Justin Herbert as he went 22 for 31 for 237 yards passing and two touchdowns. And in the rushing game, Austin Eckler had 17 carries for 58 yards and one touchdown, along with three receptions for 54 yards receiving. And speaking of the receiving game, Mike Williams had three receptions for 63 yards and one touchdown. And also, Keenan Allen had four receptions for 44 yards and one touchdown. And the only thing notable to point out is one sack on the day by Jerry Tillery. And other than that, it was smooth sailing for the Chargers as their playoff hopes are alive and they will win a winner-go-home game against the Raiders next week. And as for the Broncos, Denver Broncos eliminated. As the Chargers won this game with a final score of 34-13. to And now we go on to Levi Stadium as the Houston Texans took on the San Francisco 49ers. And in this game, Davis Mills went 21 for 32 for 163 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. And in the receiving game, the only thing notable to point out is Brandon Cooks having seven receptions for 66 yards and one touchdown. And notably on defense, one sack on the day by Jordan Jenkins and also one interception on the day by Desmond King. And for the 49ers, no Jimmy G, so in comes the third overall pick, Trey Lance. And Lance did really good as he went 16 for 23 for 249 yards passing, two touchdowns, and one interception. And in the rushing game, even though he didn't play last week, Elijah Mitchell went had 21 carries for 119 yards. And in the receiving game, Brandon Ayuk, Went had four receptions for 94 yards. Let's go, Brandon. And also, it's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Super Debo. Debo Samuel had three receptions for 63 yards and one touchdown. And on defense, one sack each by Arden Key and Jordan Willis. And also one interception on the day by Mac Harris. And the 49ers, this game was no problem as their playoff hopes are still alive as they won this game with a final score of 23-7, to and all the 49ers have to do is beat the Rams. And then they're in. And now we go on to Seattle as the Detroit Lions took on the Seattle Seahawks. And for the Lions, another game without Jared Goff, and in comes Tim Boyle, as he went 22-37 for for 262 yards passing, two touchdowns, and three interceptions. Yikes. And in the receiving game, a player who has been critically underrated the past couple weeks, who has been a late bloomer and will probably be a huge piece for this team for years to come, Amon Ross St. Brown 
had eight receptions for 111 yards and one touchdown. And on defense, the lone thing notable to point out is one sack on the day by Austin Bryant. And for the Seahawks, it was a big game for Russell Wilson, as this game could have been his last game as a Seattle Seahawk in Seattle, as rumors are circulating that Russell Wilson might be leaving the Seattle Seahawks in the offseason, probably same with head coach Pete Carroll. As Wilson went 20 for 29 for 239 yards, but four touchdowns on the day. And in the Russian game, Rashad Penny, who's probably going to have a hell of a payday in the offseason, had 25 carries for 170 yards rushing and two touchdowns. And in the receiving game, a big game for DK Metcalf as he had six receptions for 63 yards and three, three touchdowns. And on defense, two interceptions on the day by DJ Reed. As this game was a blowout for the Seattle Seahawks, well, for the Lions being blown out by the Seahawks, as this could be the final game for Russell Wilson in Lumen State, Lumen Field, as the Seahawks won this game with a final score of 51-29. to And now we go on to Arlington as the Arizona Cardinals took on the Dallas Cowboys. And this is a crucial game for the Cardinals as they were in a three-game losing streak heading into this game. And with one win, could have the would have them snag a playoff spot. As Kyler Murray went 26 for 38 for 263 yards passing and two touchdowns. And in the receiving game, a, a solid game for Christian Kirk as he had six receptions for 79 yards. And also A.J. Green with three receptions for 74 yards as a video went viral of A.J. Green breaking Trayvon Diggs' ankles. And the lone thing to point out is one sack on the day by Buda Baker. And as for the Cowboys, Dak Prescott went 26 for 38 for 226 yards passing and three touchdowns. And in the receiving game, a solid game by both Dalton Schultz and C.D. Lamb as Schultz had six receptions. For, 45, for 54 yards, and CeeDee Lamb had three receptions for 51 yards. And uh, and bad news on the receiving core, they will be without Michael Gallup in the playoffs due to Gallup suffering a torn ACL. And on defense, one sack on the day by Durant Armstrong. And this game, the Cardinals were actually leading 22-7, to but the Cowboys would, would score 15 points in the fourth quarter, but the field goal was already kicked by Arizona in the fourth quarter for the Cardinals to beat the Dallas Cowboys and to have the Cardinals snag their playoff spot as they won this game with a final score of 25-22. to And next we take a drive down Bourbon Street as the Carolina Panthers took on the New Orleans Saints. And as a heads up, Carolina may be out of playoff contention, but the Saints are not yet. As for the Panthers, Sam Darnold went 17 for 26 for 132 yards and no touchdowns and one interception. And in the rushing game, Chuba Hubbard, who had been taken over for Christian McCaffrey, as McCaffrey is still injured, had 17 carries for 55 yards and one touchdown. And on defense, one sack each by Jeremy Chin and Derek Brown. And for the Saints, Taysom Hill went 17 for 28 for 222 yards and one touchdown. 
And in the receiving game, Marquise Callaway, Callaway had six receptions for 97 yards. And also, Alvin Kamara had five receptions for 68 yards and one touchdown. And on defense, a big game for Cameron Jordan as he had three and a half sacks on the day. And also one sack on the day, but each by P.J. Williams and Jeff Heath. And also on defense, one, one interception on the day by Chauncey Gardner. And, the Saint, and with this game, the Saints' playoff hopes are still alive, surprisingly. In which I thought they would have been out by now, but they still have a chance. And all they need to do is beat the Atlanta Falcons next week and hope that the San Francisco 49ers lose to the Rams next week and, and they will sneak in as the Saints won this game with a final score of 18-10. to And next up, we go on to Lambeau Field as the Minnesota Vikings took on the Green Bay Packers. And with the Vikings, Kirk Cousins couldn't play in this game due to COVID, so in came Sean Mannion as he he went 22 for 36 for 189 yards and one touchdown. And in the receiving game, Justin Jefferson had six receptions for 58 yards. And also, so K.J. Osborne had three receptions for 50 yards and one touchdown in the receiving game. And this game provided us with probably one of the biggest game play, plays of all time by a lineman, as we pretty much had an immaculate reception from a block pass to a lineman, and that lineman being center Garrett Bradbury, who caught the pass in midair and brought it brought the game, who brought that ball for a 21-yard gain. Not many linemen can say that they've had a pass, they've caught a pass like that, still on the line of scrimmage, and it knocks back into your hands, and then you bring it for a 21-yard gain. Odd, but still fun to watch. And for the Packers, Aaron Rodgers had went 29 for 38 for 288 yards and one and two touchdowns. And in the rushing game, Aaron Jones had eight carries for 76 yards. And also, A.J. Dillon had 14 carries for 63 yards and two touchdowns. And in the receiving game, not that surprising of who would have a good game, and that being Devontae Adams, as he had 11 receptions for 136 yards receiving and one touchdown. And not far behind him is Alan Lazard, who had six receptions, for 72 yards and one touchdown. And not much notable to point out on defense besides one sack each by Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary. And not much the Vikings could do as the Packers won this game with a final score of 37-10. to And what that loss means for Minnesota, on the other hand, Minnesota Vikings eliminated. And now the last game of, the, of this episode is between the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers at Heinz Fields. And with this game, Baker Mayfield went 16 for 38 for 185 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. And in the receiving game, Donovan Peoples-Jones had seven, three receptions for 76 yards. And on defense, two sacks on the day by Jadavion Clowney, and also one interception by A.J. Green, 
another AJ Green, not AJ Green, the Bengals legend and now wide receiver of the Arizona Cardinals. And for the Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger in pretty much his final game at Heinz Field, which probably will be his final game at Heinz Field, went 24 for 46 for 123 yards passing, one touchdown, and one interception. Probably not the best way to possibly end your possible final home game. And in the rushing game, the team was on the back of Najee Harris as he had 28 carries for 188 yards rushing and one touchdown. And on defense, a big game for TJ Watt as he got to Baker Mayfield four times for four sacks. And now Watt leads the league in sacks with 21.5 sacks as he is one and a half sacks away from from beating from breaking Michael Strahan's record for most sacks in a season as Strahan had 22.5 sacks in 2001 and also on defense two sacks on the day by Alex Highsmith and not to mention one sack on the day by Cameron Hayward and lastly one interception by Trey Norwood and with this game the Steelers playoff hopes are still alive and still, Mike Tomlin does not have a losing record, still doesn't have a record below 500 in his entire career with the Steelers organization, as the Steelers won this game with a final score of 26-14. to And with this loss for the Browns, Cleveland Browns eliminated, and will now be, throughout the playoffs, will now be at home with Baker Mayfield. And now we go to Offensive and Defensive Player of the Week. And for my Offensive Player of the Week, I gotta go with Jamar Chase from the Cincinnati Bengals, putting up wide receiver stats like that. I mean, part of me wants to say Joe Burrow at the same time too. Probably just give it a both. As some of those stats that Chase put up, he probably wouldn't put up if it wasn't for Burrow. And this was after Burrow almost broke an NFL record last week against the Baltimore Ravens. And other honorable mentions gotta go to Tom Brady from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Also an honorable mention to Devontae Adams from the Green Bay Packers. And also an honorable mention to Rashad Penny from the Seattle Seahawks. And my Defensive Player of the Week... I mean, it was tough to decide of who was going to be that week. But I got to say, T.J. Watt from the Pittsburgh Steelers in probably his biggest season yet and could possibly be in the running and possibly could take the Defensive Player of the Year and is just one sack away from tying Michael Strahan's 22.5 sack record in two th that he set back in 2001 and one and a half sacks from breaking it from lucky 23. And my honorable mentions have to go to Cameron Jordan from the S New Orleans Saints. And also my other honorable mention has to go to Chuck Clark of the Baltimore Ravens. And with the remaining scenarios in the playoffs... Starting off at the NFC, because they that is very limited right now, as the 49ers clinch a playoff spot with a win against the Rams next week, 
And for the Saints to make the playoffs, the Saints have to beat the Falcons next week and have the Saint the 49ers lose in order for the Saints to make it. And for the AFC, there are two spots left with five teams competing for that those two spots. The Colts, the Raiders, the Chargers, the Steelers, and the Ravens. And the and we'll start it off from the Colts. The Colts win with a, I mean, the Colts clinch a playoff berth with a win against Jacksonville or if the Chargers lose. Plus the Ravens and Steelers tie. Or also, the Chargers lose, the Steelers lose, and the Dolphins beat the Patriots. And for the Raiders and the Chargers, it will be a winner-take-all. The winner of that game will make will clinch that playoff berth. The Chargers, if they win, they're in. But the Raiders, they win or they tie that game. They better hope Indy loses. Or also, they hope that Indy loses and Pittsburgh loses or ties. And for the Steelers, if they, they want to clinch the playoff berth, they have to beat Baltimore and hope that Indianapolis loses to Jacksonville, and hope that the Vegas and Chargers game does not end in a tie. And as for the Ravens, if they want to clinch a playoff spot, they have to beat the Steelers and hope that the Chargers, Colts, and Dolphins lose, in which all that is probably a long shot from happening. And that will wrap up this episode of The Stumpy Show. As always, I'm your host, Kyle Stump, a.k.a. Stumpy, and I'll see you next time. Bye bye